Welcome to another inspirational message from Shoreline City. Well, happy Sunday, Shoreline City. Are we ready for a great day today? Is everybody ready? I pray that you have the highest expectations possible because I think God wants to do something great in all of our hearts. Hey, Bishop Arts, why don't you welcome White Rock? And White Rock, why don't you welcome Bishop Arts? One house, many rooms, and we all get to be in this thing called life and church and family together. What a joy it is. I am. I have been absolutely encouraged, inspired by all that God has been doing in this Relationship Goals series. Uh, last week, the, the panel that was up here, everyone from Leslie to John and Jessica to uh, Ed and Pam McCabe uh, to obviously my wife, didn't they kill it? I mean, I was blown away, got the chance to watch it, and uh, I was telling, I was talking to Leslie actually being... Uh, her being a single female and me not being a single female. I'm not single. I'm not female. I'm none of, none of those things. I, I felt like she had so much credibility in what she was saying. And even if I said the same thing, it just carries more weight when she's in that season of life saying the things that she was saying. So such, such wisdom throughout the whole panel. So proud of everyone. But we are in this series called Relationship Goals. And I want you to grab... Um, uh, grab a pen if you have one. Grab your phone today. Let, let's, let's grow together. Let, let's take some notes. Let's jot some things down. Allow the grace of God to change us and transform us from the inside out. He has an agenda for our lives today. Not, not something where he's wanting to just kind of tiptoe into our lives. I think God wants to make a major crash in your heart and in my heart today. So I encourage you, just have the highest expectations possible. I mean, the highest you possibly can. Not of me. <laughs> I'm average. Uh, but if you'll have incredibly high expectations of the God of the universe, I am telling you, he will meet you exactly where you are uh, today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me. Turn with me, if you wouldn't mind, to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. I want to read a bunch of verses here. Mark chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 12. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. I like that Jesus preaches the word. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Can everybody say carried? Ca carried by four of them. Uh, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above, above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming God. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, called them out on their stuff. He said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, which is easier. To say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, 
and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. The title of today's message is, I I can't help you with that. I can't help you with that. Uh, This this scripture has been uh, encouraging me and pushing me forward as I've been pondering uh, through it. I I was really inspired uh, a couple of weeks ago. um, A friend of ours actually did an Instagram post because Instagram can be incredibly inspiring. It could also be really demoralizing, too. But but on this particular occasion, it was it was inspiring. Uh, one of um, our dear friends, her name is Jessica Calmer. She and her husband lead a church in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And she, she did this post uh, of, of my wife. And this, this is not our baby, though we have a baby that looks a little bit like this, uh, except ours is a female. Uh, we are, our, our, little, our little baby, um, Nika rather, is holding uh, Ben and Jessica's brand new baby, W. He is so, so cute. He's absolutely adorable. But the post is what caught my attention, not because my wife is so fine. Yes, that is true. Not because she's the most beautiful one in the world, and and I I believe that. Uh, But because of what Jessica was writing, she said in this text, uh, in the post, that we all need a barrier-breaking friend. And when she said, when she wrote those words, they jumped off the page at me. And she was going on to say how, how Onika has inspired her, uh, how, how my wife has inspired her. Now, we've known Jessica since before she was ever married. She was probably 19, 20 years old when we first met her. She was actually helping us out with our oldest son, Parker. Uh, he's now 13, so he was maybe two years old or so at the time, and she was there. And we uh, helped introduce her uh, to her husband, and I performed their wedding, and we have walked with them as they've been wanting a babe, and we walked uh, with them as uh, Jessica was full-time in the marketplace and then transitioned from full-time in the marketplace to working full-time at the church. Uh, but now they have this brand-new baby, and whenever, uh, s- sometimes, when, whenever someone gets something new in their life, especially like a baby, you think maybe the call of God on your life is now null and void. Now you're just supposed to be there with the baby 24-7. And though we believe being a parent is a gift for from Almighty God, and it is a fantastic call. We did not believe that somehow her calling was now put on pause because it was time for her to be a mom. We believe God called you to be a mom, and God called you to be a pastor, and he called you to be a CEO, and he called you to be a leader, so you don't have to now step back. So Nika was just talking to her, setting an example for what does it look like to Carry what God has given you. Barrier-breaking, friend. I, I, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that, that uh, Onika is like this in Jessica's life. She's definitely like this in my life. I wonder for you, though. I wonder, do you have some friends in your life that show you what's possible? 
Because life will try to tell you, oh, this is the box you need to fit in, okay? You're single. Oh, you're married. Oh, you're 20-something. Oh, you're 30-something. Oh, you're 60-something. Oh, you're from this side of the tracks. Oh, you're from that side of the tracks. Oh, this is your color. Oh, this is your gender. Oh, this is what school you went to. So here is the box you ought to fit in. And then sometimes you meet someone that goes, oh, I'm just like you. I'm the same color as you. I'm the same gender as you. I went to the same school as you. But I don't live with the same limitations that you have on your life. It's just healthy to be around somebody that goes, hey, why are you living like that? Why are you thinking like that? I went, oh, Nick and I took a little little time uh, away. This is a couple of weeks ago, like a Tuesday through Friday kind of a deal. Just It's important to rest, right? Important to rest. I mean, we're trying to go 110 miles an hour, but you, you got to rest. You got to recharge uh, as well. So we, we took a little time away, saw a great deal on Expedia, boom, bought that thing. You know, you got to wait for the price to get just right, you know. Uh, so we, we went away for a couple of days, had a wonderful time. But the gym that we were, uh, the, re- the um, hotel we went to had, had a gym and it had like a free trainer. Like you can go and train with somebody. So I was like, hey, I want to go and I'm going to do this because my wife looks so good and I need to keep up with her. Matter of fact, she said to me, Earl, if you don't go to that gym this morning, I'm leaving you. <laughs> It hurt me, but I took her seriously, and I just went. I went, guys. <laughs> so I went. She'll be mad at me for saying that. I went, went, went there, and uh, it was just me with the trainer. I thought it was going to be a bunch of people. And uh, so we had I'm, – I'm intimidated now because I'm not in uh, the best of shape at this particular point in time. And my workout buddies uh, will know this. Uh, right now, it, it, I'm not in peak performance. Uh, I've got this extra weight around all these kind of areas, and uh, like all of us here. And uh, he's doing this workout I'm going through, and you're supposed to do some push-ups. So I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing the push-ups. And he goes, no, 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 no. Next round, I want you to do the T push-ups. So you do, you push up, and then you kind of go to the side, you push up, and you go, go to the side, you push up. And now he showed me that as an option when we first started. <laughs> and I thought, well, why, why would I do that? <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't need to go all in like that. So I'm just doing normal push-ups on my knees. I'm going up. <laughs> And no pride whatsoever. I'm going up and down. He says, no, no. I think you can do these T push-ups. He just pushed me. Just push me. You just need someone in your life. Just to push you a little bit further. There's someone that's going to take you, help you, help you go to, to, to another, another level. You don't need, you and I don't need the relationships and friendships in our life that that keep pulling us down or keep us in the same dysfunction that we've always been in. Some of us right now, we keep attracting people that have the same dysfunction as us, and we think it's the Lord, but really that's not the Lord. That's just the vibes that you're putting out right now, and these people are keeping you trapped in a cage that God never designed for you to be in. So uh, let me... Let me, let me dig into this text here, okay? We're, we're going to be in here all day. I, 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 you can read the rest of it. You can, re- you can read the whole story again, okay? Because right now, I'm just going to keep pulling out, pulling out the stuff that I think God was encouraging my heart with, and I pray that's an encouragement to yours. Because the first thing uh, that we discover here is uh, Jesus has come to his hometown. Now he is in his hometown. He's teaching. This is the beginning of his ministry, and people are really, really excited. They're so excited that 
the house is packed, okay? It is packed to the gills. So do not be upset when the church is packed, okay? That's a good thing. That's a good thing when it's packed. People are coming ready to hear the word of Jesus, and it is so packed. This one individual cannot get in. This paralyzed man cannot get in. So we discover, we discover that his friends carry him to Jesus. This is the first, first thing you can jot down. I want you to be a friend that carries. I want you to be a friend that carries. I, do, do, you see, do you see that the man was not where he was supposed to be? He was someplace else. If, if you read the story, it, it's quite clear. It's quite clear that, that, that they had to bring the man to the spot. That means he was not at the spot. He was here, and he needed to be carried there. He was here, but he needed to go there. I'm looking at this, and I'm, I'm so thankful that he had some friends in his life that were willing to carry him because he could not get there on his own. He had some friends that carried him, grabbed a hold of him to take him from where he was and to bring him, to carry him to where he was supposed to be. My question for you and for me is where are your friends taking you? Where are they taking you? Where are your friends taking you? You can put it another way. Where are you taking your friends? Because right now they're somewhere. But are they where they're supposed to be? Are they? Emotionally. Financially. Spiritually. Are, where are you taking them? Because I think we're all carrying our friends somewhere. <laughs> I, I think we're going somewhere with them. I just wonder, where, where's your destination? Oh, my, my, mine is just a Friday. I just can't wait to Friday. I just want to get to Friday. I just want to get to Friday so I could just party. I just want to get to Friday. And I think it is such a shallow life that you will waste Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday all these hours that God has given you just so that you can get to a Friday? Listen, I, I, I love Fridays too. I love them, okay? I love Saturdays. I love Sundays. But I'm deciding I don't want to be around people that are just going to live for one day. I even love Sundays so much. But just for the record, you and I don't live here, okay? We don't live at the Texas Theater. We don't live in the church building where you and I live is at home and in our office and in our community. So, yes, I'm celebrating Sunday, but I want a gospel and I want a relationship with Jesus. And it is not just good on Sunday, but last all the way throughout the week. Where are your friends taking you? Ask them. Ask them, hey, where do you think I'm taking you? Ask, ask your friends that. Ask them, where do you think I'm taking where, where are we headed? What, what's going on with this relationship? I'm not talking about dating now. Okay? I'm not talking about your Tinder relationship. I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about e-harmony. I'm talking now, I'm talking about the friendships in your life. Moving from one spot to the next. A friend 
that carries. But the other thing we see here is a friend that digs. Friend that digs. I like this, okay, because we don't discover, we don't discover why this man was paralyzed. We don't know that. We don't know if it was a disease. We don't know if he made some foolish decision. We don't know if someone made a foolish decision and hurt him. We have no idea if this happened at work. We don't know if he was born like that. We have no, we don't get any of that context at all. All we know is he has some friends that are willing to carry him. And then we discover he has some friends that are willing not just to carry him, but to dig because when they get to the house, they discover that it's full. They're like, oh, my goodness, there's no parking. There's no parking. Okay, well, I'll just come back next week. I'll just, I'll just leave. Man, well, I'm going to have to walk from around the corner at Bishop Arts. you got to walk from around the corner. Wait, at White Rock, i got to walk across the street. i got to walk past the Domino's. Oh, man, I don't know. You know what? Just, just forget it. I'll just come back. And I'll come back when it's more convenient. And these men are like, no, 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 no. We're not coming back when it's more convenient right now. Now is the time. Today is the day. This is the moment that we've been waiting for. So what they have to do, because the houses are actually relatively small, okay? This is not like a five-bedroom, five-bath house type of uh, a scenario in Capernaum. These homes are rather small, okay? These are not massive. Uh, and sometimes, most times, in order to get to the roof, you would have to go up some steps. Some steps would lead to the roof uh, uh, um, towards the back. You get to the roof. Now, up on the roof, there would be not just like really tiny little leaves that you can just kind of remove really easily. It would be like a thatch roof, okay? There's like mud and dirt, and there are branches and leaves. And they, matter of fact, people would sometimes sleep on their roofs. Other times, they might even do work on their roofs. So this is not something that is really, really flimsy. This is actually something that's very, very strong. They realize I can't get in. All right, let's go up. You got, you got them? You got them? Okay, great. You got them? There's four of them. I'm assuming there's four in you know, each corner, but maybe there's one really strong one and three really weak ones. I have no idea, but whatever. They figure out a way. They get up there. And the Bible says they start. They start digging. Okay. There, there is no wheel that they get to turn. Oh, let me turn the wheel. All right, perfect. Now we open it up, and it's a nice little hole. No, no. I got this part. You got that part. You got that part. You got that part. You got that part. And they're all just, I even wonder if the paralyzed man may have been, okay. I'm desperate. I'm desperate in this situation. Just digging, 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 digging. Here's one of the problems that we have in our day and age, okay? And this is not just an age problem. Sometimes people want to beat up on millennials all the time. I think millennials are awesome and amazing and wonderful, and God's hand is on their life. I, I, I don't know why everyone keeps beating them up so much. I find that millennials are ready to take ground and make it on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I find. I find that they're ready to do something significant for the cause of Jesus Christ. I find that they don't want to 
live life just for themselves, but they actually want to step fully into who God called them to be. But so whether you are younger or whether you're a whole lot older, what I can find sometimes is people are not interested in staying planted at a place long enough to allow people to dig long enough in their life so that they can become who God is calling them to be. What I discover is we like to take a real quick hit. Just real quick, real, real quick, real, real quick. Just, just, give, just give me a little something. Give me a little something. Okay, that high has worn off. Now let me go to a new church or let me go with a new leader or let me get another angle. Let me get something new. You're not, you're not really doing it for me anymore. You just don't have the time. We don't take the time anymore to allow anyone just to dig in our lives. This is why so many marriages, it's too quick. It's too quick. We're quitting too quick. If you don't don't want to work, don't get married. Okay? Don't get married. Don't don't do it. Okay? If you you don't want to work, don't get married. Because it's it's digging. That's what it is right there. It's digging. Now, it's wonderful. It's amazing. I love it. I love being married. But make no mistake about it. These 21 years, we haven't just been skipping through life with Skittles and like little unicorns. Like, oh, my gosh, I love the Care Bears. You love the Care Bears. No, this is not what's been going on. It's been digging. It's been digging. Allowing things to be removed that need to be removed, things that need to be unearthed to be unearthed. It's, it, the, the text re- really here is saying it's like they were unroofing the roof. They, these guys are just like, I'm getting, I'm getting this thing out of the way. A friend that carries. A friend that digs. But then I also see a friend that positions. Because what they do with, 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 this, with this paralyzed man is they begin to lower him down. <laughs> they lower him down. And the friends put their friend in the right position. They, the four friends weren't trying to get in the spotlight. They were trying to put their friend in the spotlight. I just, I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm looking at my life, I'm like, do I have these kind of friends in my life? Am I this kind of friend to others? Well, my, I just want my moment. I'm waiting for my moment. I'm praying for my moment. I'm praying for my ministry. I'm praying for my life. I'm praying for my husband. I'm praying for my wife. I'm praying for my open door. I'm praying for my opportunity. I'm praying for mine. I'm praying for mine. I'm praying for mine. I'm praying for mine. Are you spending enough, enough time praying for hers and praying for his and praying for theirs? Because when you're that type of friend, when you're that type of friend, when you want to be that type of husband for your wife or that type of wife for your husband or that type of roommate for your friend, when you are trying to position how you're thinking, hmm, I was praying up for you the other day and I was thinking about you and I was thinking about the gifts and the call and the talents that God has given you and I was thinking if I can connect you with my friend who knows this friend, then I think you can be positioned perfectly and you don't have to live a life of just wandering around but you can be lockstep in sync with what God has for your life. 
Somebody that just, oh, I, I want to, how do I position you? It's not just about me. It's not just about me. It's about you. It's about you. It's fascinating. It's fascinating when you begin to position someone else. When you take your effort and energy and you pour it into someone else. It's fascinating what happens. Because Jesus, the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. Man, I like this right here. I like this. I like that Jesus saw the friend's faith. Jesus is down here teaching. He's teaching the word, teaching the word, teaching the word, teaching the word. I don't know if he's doing it like this, but I'm just assuming. <laughs> Little Bruno Mars teaching. He's, he's, just, he's teaching. He's teaching. He's teaching. And above him, <laughs> this is worse than any baby crying in the auditorium, okay? You've got somebody at the... <laughs> Keep teaching, keep teaching. I wish Mark would have given us a little bit of texture on what's going on in the room, you know, because Jesus is teaching, but there are four, there are five guys up on the roof, five guys like the burger place. There are five guys up on the roof right now, and they are digging to get into the space where Jesus is, and they have no problem at all interrupting everything that's going on because they are so desperate to get their friend in the right position because they know that Jesus, they know that Jesus can make this whole situation right. So I don't care the awkwardness. <laughs> they get through. <laughs> you got them? Yeah, okay. Where did they get the rope? I have all these questions when I'm reading. I'm like, did they come prepared? Is it, they like, does anybody remember MacGyver from way back in the day? You got to be old to remember MacGyver. You, you, what in the, what was going on? This is Jason Bourne kind of stuff. Here they are. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Lower. Lower. Jesus is just teaching. And here comes a guy. <laughs> Jesus saw their faith. So desperate to pray and position their friend. So desperate to get their friend connected. The God of the universe so desperate to, to see a miracle take place in his life. He sees their faith. And then he starts doing something. Jesus, and I... I 
I don't have time to get into this, okay, just for the sake of time. I don't have the time to get into the whole, how Jesus said, your sins are forgiven when he could have just said, I heal you, but he didn't, but he's kind of setting up the people in the room, and he's also setting up his message for, for, for the long haul, but he says to him, he says to the man, okay, your sins are forgiven. The man did not come there for his sins. The friends brought him there because he's paralyzed. But Jesus goes, your sins are forgiven. Oh. I'm here. I'm here for the walking. I'm here for the walking. It just can speak to the fact that actually you being, you walking in your spirit is a whole lot more important than you walking in the natural. But Jesus is able still, Jesus is still able to not only deal with the spiritual condition of your heart, but he's also able to deal with the physical condition of your body. And he says this, your sins are forgiven. And the religious people go, whoa, 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 no, no player, no player, no, no, no. Not today, not today. I'm not the one, they say. They, uh, they look, they go, who can do this? And Jesus, he knows what they're thinking. <laughs> okay? He still knows this. <laughs> he still knows what we're thinking. And he says, verse 8, this is the latter part of verse 8. He says, why are you thinking these things. Okay, well, let me pull back any tears because this has been messing with me here, okay? I'm in this right now. I'm in, I'm in this personally. It's my mindset. I'm, I'm in this one. Why are you thinking these things? Maybe you need to look at your own life and go, why are you thinking the way that you're thinking? Why do you think this is as far as you can go? This is all that you can do. You can reach no further. Why are you thinking that it's too late for you to go back to school? Why are you thinking these things? Literally, who set that parameter? Who said that? From what I understand, that you, you can go back to school at any point in time. So, so why are you thinking these things? Why are you thinking that you don't ever want to get married because you know it will end in divorce? Why are you thinking these things? Why are you thinking you don't ever want to be rich because you know that money just corrupts everyone? Why are you thinking these things? Because I know rich people who it hasn't corrupted. So why are you thinking these things? Why are you thinking it's holier to be poor? Well, I don't, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. I just want, why is that holier? Why are you thinking these things? Why are you thinking? Who told you? And if you're poor, why are you thinking that God doesn't love you? Why are you thinking these things? 
well, I don't, I, don't, I don't have anything, so God must be against me. Really? So it's based on your socioeconomic uh, standing? That, that, that dictates the love and the favor of God extended towards you? Why are you thinking these things? So Jesus here is just, he's going after it. Why are you thinking? It, this is interesting. In the room, in the room where Jesus is teaching, there is now doubt and faith. In the same room. Okay, they're in the same room. Doubt and faith in the same room. And you have people who came to the house to hear from Jesus. They're hearing the same message, seeing the same things, but they're getting two totally different responses. One is one of doubt and one is one of faith. It tells me you can be here at Shoreline City this weekend, and you can hear the same songs, and you can hear the same message, and we can all read from the same Bible, and you can have a posture of doubt, or you can have a posture of faith, and it has everything to do with why are you thinking these things? You can try to put it on the parking team. You can try to put it on the pastor. You can try to put it on, oh, the music's too loud. You can try to put it on, oh, the music's too soft. You can try to put it on, oh, there's not this person. You can try to put it on, you can try to put it on a whole bunch of things, but it comes down to. Why are you thinking these things? I, uh, okay, I've got, I've got I'm, I'm going to fly through my ending. I'm flying through it. I'm flying, okay. I'm about to fly through this here. So he goes from why are you thinking these things, and now Jesus, now Jesus begins to have an interaction um, with the man. And he says to the man, he says to him, <laughs> I like it, I like it. Hey, hey, man, get up. Get up. Attention. Stand up. The, the, the word here that, that's translated, get up, has all these meanings. Rise up. Wake up. Stand up. Jesus here is giving this man a command. And what you and I do with commands of get up is you and I begin to negotiate with Jesus. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Jesus, I haven't walked in a while. I haven't walked in a while, Jesus. So just give me some time, Jesus. Jesus saying, get up. You're saying, no, 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 let me negotiate. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, wait, wait, wait. Don't make me, wait, you want me to walk in front of everyone? Can you have everyone leave first, Jesus? Can you set, can you set the environment perfectly for me, Jesus? Can you please bend your will towards my will, Jesus? Can you please do it on my terms, Jesus? I'll do what you want me to do, but as long as it's on my terms. Jesus, whenever I'm married, then I'll do it. When I have more money, then I'll do it. When I'm done with school, then I'll do it. Jesus, I want to put all of this on my terms, please. And now we're negotiating with Jesus and Jesus gave a command get up get up get up get up get up get up and this man here I love this man because this man gets up but he doesn't just get up Jesus says take your mat remove what you've been laying on 
Remove what has been a crutch to you. Remove what has been supporting you. Remove the, remove the excuses. Remove the lies. Remove the mindset. In order for you to become who I've called you to be, you're not going to be able to think and live how you've always. You cannot be who I've called you to be and keep laying on that mat. Get up. Take your mat. And go. Go. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to go. See, this is why I think this man, I think this man was in on it. I always read this text like the guy was taken against his will. Like he had such good friends who were like, hey, man. You're paralyzed, and Jesus, he's here, and we think he can heal you, so you can't say anything about it. We got you. And he's like, no! And they're like, no, stay there on that mat, man. They bring him. I always read it that way. But now I'm thinking, since the man responded so quickly, I actually think he was in on the whole thing. He was like, fellas, get me there as poss- as fast as you possibly can. Oh, man, oh, it's crowded right now. Take me on the roof, fellas. Take me on the roof. Put me up there on that roof. Fellas, I'll dig with you. I'll dig with you. Because the second that Jesus said to him, I need you to get up, this man did not negotiate with Jesus. This man said, I'm up right now. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do and be who you called me to be. Man, you don't make me preach this hard. Don't make me preach this hard. I just sense that God is trying to tell you it is time for you to get up, take your mat, and go. I just sense that he's telling you, stop living how you've always lived and thinking how you've always thought. I need you to get up. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm, get up, get up, get up. I don't, I'm sorry what your mom did. I'm sorry what your father did. I'm sorry you don't have all the resources you wish you had. I'm sorry all the cancer that you've walked through. I'm sorry about all of the past. I'm sorry about all the pastors that come you. I'm sorry about all the times you were disappointed. I'm sorry about all the expectations that were not met. I'm sorry about all of those things, but Jesus right now is not preoccupied with you being paralyzed. He's preoccupied with his power and his purpose, and he's saying, get up. So I'm done here. Laugh verse number 12. I'm done. I'm done. Man, you all got to sit down. Bishop Art, sit down. White Rock, sit down. Sit down. Man, you... He, he says, verse 12, the man gets up, and the Bible tells us it's in full view of everybody. Then the people begin to praise God. It wasn't ultimately about the man (laughs) it was about Jesus establishing his name and his fame and his purpose in the earth it was you're getting up it's not so your Instagram followers go up It's not so that you're on TV and maybe Instagram follows go up and you are on TV. Cool. I pray your business go growing. It's not ultimately even about you. And so people see you walking in full view of the ball. 
And they go, there must be a God in heaven. There must be a God in heaven. So today, church family, Bishop Arts, White Rock, online, wherever you might find yourself. You got to understand that there are some things that friends could do. They could carry. They could dig. They could position. They could have faith. But they could not get up, take up the mat, and walk for their friend. Their friend had to do that on his own. Jesus can heal and restore and give the command. But he cannot make you get up, take up your mat, and go. Bow your heads, church family, if you wouldn't mind. Here, Bishop Arts, bow your heads just for a moment. Jesus, thank you that you're here with us right now. Your mercy and your grace is here. Your love is here. Your kindness is here. I ask that you would wrap your arms around every one of us. In Jesus' name. If you're here today, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. You've never made him number one. You've never made him first in your life. But you're here and you're saying, I need, I need to respond to what God is doing in my heart right now. I'm not on his path. I'm not following in his steps, but I, I want to I be on his path. I want to go his direction. Put another way, you don't want to be in the driver's seat of your car anymore. You want Christ in the driver's seat. You don't want to be Lord of your life. You don't want to be boss of your life. You don't want to be on the throne of your heart. You want Christ to be there. It's a simple word that the Bible uses. It's a powerful one. It's called repent, turn, turn. And you don't even have to turn in your own power. You get to turn in the power and the grace that he provides. So if you're here today, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. At one point in time you did and you slipped away and you've gone another direction. And today you are ready to surrender or resurrender your life to serving Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something incredibly bold. Literally on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand in the air and say, yes, that is me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Here we go. One, two, three. Just shoot your hand up in the air. You're saying, yes, that is me. Yes, that's me. That's me. Lift your hands up. There's hands going up. All over here, there's hands going up all over this place. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. It's the greatest miracle is your sins being forgiven. I'm going to ask everyone in this place to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's lift our hands. We hope you have been inspired to make it on earth as it is in heaven. For more information, please visit our website, 